Whoa, we're going to Barbados in the sunny Caribbean Sea. That's the way the song from the 80s went. And that's exactly where we're going this week on Tips for Travellers. Hello, I'm Gary Bembridge and this is Tips for Travellers, the global travel destination podcast. My travel reviews and recommendations based on the first-hand experiences I gain from the up to two to three times a month I travel all over the world. To find out more, you can visit the website at tipsfortravellers.com or mytravelreviews.com where you'll find links, show notes, how to subscribe, individual episodes and many photo and video galleries. It's now time for this episode of Tips for Travellers. Yes, indeed, this week in Tips for Travellers, we're in the very exotic and very beautiful Barbados in the Caribbean. It's one of the most easterly of all the Caribbean islands, and it really is quite stunning. The island itself is pretty small. It's only about 20 miles by about 14 miles. And when you fly in, um, you actually see the whole island. It really is quite a stunning view. You see this very lush green island surrounded by a ring of turquoise blue and green water like a ring a halo all the way around it it really just is one of the most breathtaking and beautiful things i've ever seen with this gorgeous gorgeous sea just stretching out and little sort of rainbows and slithers of sand that just sort of dot all around the island as the small little intimate beaches the airport itself is to the south of the island. Now, one of the things that's quite funny is when you look at a map of Barbados, what you see is the the airport itself looks absolutely huge. And that's because, in relative terms, the runway is pretty big compared to the totality of the island. The airport is called the Grantley Adams International Airport. And it's a pretty modern airport, and I'll talk a little bit about that a little bit later, because... In fact, the airport itself is too small. It's got a very large runway, but it's actually too small for the volume of traffic, particularly at peak seasons that we were there, which is sort of the run-up to Christmas and through to Easter time. And in fact, the airport itself is being redone and renovated at the moment. And so what some of the airlines do, like Virgin Atlantic or British Airways, they actually have arrangements to check in people off the actual airport. So Virgin, for example, actually checks in as many of their passengers as possible at the hotel and then take their luggage from them. And so when people arrive at the airport, they can just basically go through to the sort of a holding pen, if you like, to get onto the airport. And British Airways has an arrangement with the sort of private, where all the private jets go in, where their club passengers and their first passengers actually check in separately in a different place about half a mile or so from the airport. So the airport itself is kind of small, but it is being redone, but pretty efficient and a pretty modern kind of looking building. As you drive through, uh, away from the airport to wherever you're staying, a couple of observations. It's pretty green and it's pretty lush, and it has um, a relatively flat, although what I discovered once you get to the centre of the island is it is relatively high and you get some pretty impressive views because you pretty much see the whole island from the top. But it's pretty green and it's pretty lush. 
As you drive through it, it, it looks relatively poor, but not as poor as other places I've been to, like Mauritius. Um, and it has a very distinctive architecture, these very distinctive wooden houses, which are built up of sort of concrete blocks. And they have their own sort of style about them, and generally are painted sort of bright, vibrant, exciting kind of colours. The other thing you notice is the roads in Barbados are not particularly good. And there's kind of one major highway, as they call it, though it's actually called different different names, which runs from the airport and runs right the way up to the sort of St. Peter area, which is where the, the Sugar Cane Club is, which is almost at the top of the island. But it runs sort of along the west coast of, of the island. But it's really more of a dual carriageway um, with many, many roundabouts along the way. So you can't really zoom up and speed up. And what's interesting is you don't see a lot of very big cars, but there's a couple of sort of you know, BMW 5 Series and things, very powerful things, which almost wasted in Barbados because you could never really take advantage of the power. Now, they have um, what they would call main highways, which are really just um, single carriage roads, and then they have what they would call secondary roads on the map, which are, are sometimes um, dirt or otherwise. So it's not really very focused around the car as such, although there is a bus service, which is either, there's two types of buses, one owned by the state and one which is private, which are very inexpensive. There's no train system. So people are pretty reliant on cars. And actually, what people warn you is the traffic in Barbados can be can be pretty bad. The other thing which is interesting is the roads don't really have any signs. And I guess that's because it's not a particularly big area. So people just kind of know their way around. Although we did hire a car one day and actually found it pretty easy to find your way around because at the end of the day, you can't get that lost. It's not that big. And actually, it was quite interesting just kind of driving around and finding your way around. But the roads don't really have any signs. And so you pretty much just need to kind of find your way around. Now, in terms of the island, um, the west coast of the island, which is really probably the... I think it's called the Platinum Coast. It's really the best for swimming. It's where you have the nicest beaches and things, and probably the most upmarket hotels, including the probably the most famous, which is the Sandy Lane um, Hotel. But the West Coast is really where the best swimming is. It's where the poshest hotels are. It's where the kind of the upmarket tourism part is. In the South Coast, which is sort of around St Lawrence Gap, and actually where Bridgetown is, and down through St Lawrence Gap, through to an area called. Um, Oystens, I think it's you pronounce it, O-I-S-T-I-N-S, is that's probably the more popular, more sort of medium to lower priced um, resorts are in the south coast. In the southeast coast, there's not very much there, but there is the Crane and the Crane Beach, which is one of the best known beaches and actually is a great beach. It has more waves, for example, than than the west coast does. And of course, because you're really on the West Coast, you have the Caribbean Sea and on the East Coast, you really have the Atlantic. And pretty much up from, or once you get past the Southeast, really on the East Coast, it's, although it's very beautiful, you can't swim there. It, the sea is, 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 has very, very strong currents. So although a lot of people like to go and visit it and walk and that kind of stuff, it's really much a no-go area. There's very strong currents and you cannot swim there. Up in the North, it's kind of very cliffs. So you get this quite a big change really in in all, all around the island with you know the tourism part really clinging if you like to the west uh, uh coast and the sort of the, the 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 south coast or southwest coast in in reality now Barbados is pretty British versus American, and I guess that differs makes it different to many of the other islands in the Caribbean. It has a very long heritage and it's linked to Britain and in fact Nelson visited. Um, Barbados not long before the, the famous Battle of Trafalgar and there's actually a square that used to be called Trafalgar Square um, which still has a statue of Nelson which actually was erected even before the one in London so it's much more British 
So, for example, cars drive on the left-hand side of the road, as they would do in the UK. You'll find the spelling of places is is the British spelling versus um, American spelling. And you generally find that most of the tourists there are from the UK. There's a very large um, tourist industry with both British Airways and Virgin flying in very regularly. I think they're flying almost every single day um, in the season and, and pretty regularly out of season. Um, there is also a lot of UK charter airlines fly into Barbados. Um, so the tourists who really go there are much more from the UK, not even European. You don't get that many European visitors and not that many direct flights from Europe, um, whereas things like the, the, the local airline will fly from Heathrow, etc. Now, they clearly are targeting the Americans. <clears throat> they seem to be targeting more groups initially than, than individuals. So they have, a, they have a tourist office in the US, but they seem to be targeting more groups at, at the moment. And of course, the main U.S. visitors to Barbados tend to come in for the day on the cruise ships because Barbados is a very popular stopping point for cruise ships. And there's, there's quite a developed deep harbor, which actually could take um, ships like the Queen Mary II, in fact, went there. Now, the harbor itself, is, which they, they have, which cruise ships go in, is, is a pretty big one. And it could hold at least four ships at a time, if, if not more. And when you fly in, it's actually quite cool because you kind of fly in and you tend, by definition of where you have to land, you go past Bridgetown where where the harbour is and you can see the ships that are in and you kind of land in. So Bridgetown itself has geared itself like many uh, places, like, even like Gibraltar, say, has, um, you know, the, the island, the, not the island, the, the rock of Gibraltar, the town Gibraltar is very geared towards the cruise industry in the Mediterranean. And I guess like many of the Caribbean resorts, Bridgetown has become very much a place that you can tell that the cruise ships go. It's packed full of kind of these duty-free uh, jewelry shops, um, duty-free alcohol and perfume shops, and that kind of thing. So Bridgetown is kind of, it, it's okay, it's not particularly... Oh, exciting really because it's it's certainly all around the harbour area which is being renovated and, and will look very nice is much more geared to that, that kind of cruise people in and out. Barbados itself is a relatively expensive island that may be why it, it really attracts a certain type of tourists. It, it tends to be a very upmarket perceived island and so you know in the UK for example it's tended to be a seen as a, a playground for the rich and famous. In fact, to give you an example of that, you know, Concord, when it was flying, used to fly to New York and to Barbados. And it would fly to Barbados, I think, from about September through to about just after Easter time, which gives you a sense of the type of people there. It is a pretty expensive place to go um, out eating, for example. There's some very, very upmarket and very, very nice restaurants, which I'll talk about a little bit later. Um, so... Uh, one of the tips that I will talk about a bit later is if you're worried about how much you'll spend, there are, though, quite a lot of all-inclusive resorts where, obviously, you can make sure that you know what you're spending when you go. And I'll talk about that in the tips. But it is a pretty expensive place, and it's quite surprising how expensive it is. Property, for example, is very expensive. There's a lot of property for sale in Barbados and a lot of developments taking place. And one of the things, I guess, that one needs to watch out for with Barbados is whether the, the scale of development for people building holiday homes, etc., will eventually turn the island into kind of a, an overdeveloped place and it'll lose some of its charm. But there is a lot of property for sale and it's pretty expensive. You know, on the West Coast, which I was talking about, which is really where the nicest beaches are, you know, you'll be struggling to buy a one-bedroom place for... <clears throat> 
you know, 150, 200,000 pounds or more, which is probably about 400,000 US dollars. You know, many of the developments there, the starting price for one bedroom apartment is around 600,000, 700,000 US dollars. That's about 400,000 pounds going right up to, you know, millions and millions. I mean, you do see lots of um, villas and things for sale for, you know, 8, 10, 12 million, et cetera, et cetera. So lots of kind of developments and <clears throat> it is kind of a playground for, for the rich. The population of Barbados is only about 275,000 regular uh, inhabitants, local inhabitants. And I have to say, one of the things that's amazing is the most incredibly friendly, outgoing, charming people. It's It's really a you know, the people there are just fantastic. They have great spirit. They're very welcoming. They're very well-educated. They are very chatty. Um, I have a point of view, and it's great. They're really, really nice people, and you don't feel at all threatened, even by the guys and gals on the beach who come past selling things and whatnot. You know, um, they'll chat to you. They'll give you tips and advice. They won't hassle you. If they see you the next day and you've said no thank you, they won't hassle you. Unlike some places in in other kind of tourist resorts where you kind of almost feel threatened by by people. So very, very welcoming, very welcoming of tourists and, and, and very, very nice. The thing that um, was also interesting about Barbados, and I will talk about it a little bit later, is in Barbados all beaches are public. So although there's a beach in front of a development or a beach in front of a resort, it's not only for the guests or residents of that resort. You know, all beaches are public, which I think is a great idea. People tend to kind of stick more to their, wherever they're staying, I guess, by, by definition. But, you know, anybody can swim on any beach, so that's 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 really great. Bridgetown I've kind of spoken about quite a lot Um and it has a very interesting history going kind of way back, but it's it's kind of um, it's 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 okay. It's, it's it's an interesting place to visit, but probably I was a little bit disappointed to be honest with with Bridgetown. I expected to see a little bit richer in culture and and stuff. Um, and in fact, you know, although Bridgetown is the capital, it's a pretty small place, and there's lots of kind of smallish towns. You've got Hull Town, which is up on the west coast, which is again very tiny, and Sprates Town, which is a bit further up on the on the west coast. Those are kind of the, the main towns, really. Um, and the towns themselves are pretty small, um, Bridgetown being pretty small itself. In terms of sightseeing, and I'll talk again a little bit of my tips, there's actually not a lot of sightseeing stuff. It's really more about the beaches, and I'll talk more about it in the tips. There are a few little bits and pieces you can go out and see some botanical gardens and things, but it's really more about the beaches and just driving around and exploring places. But I will talk about a couple of places you can, you can see um, just a little bit later. I thought it might be interesting to just touch on a couple of things that Barbados is famous for. And what I'm going to use for this is the hotel we were staying at, which was the Fairmont Royal Pavilion. Every day it used to give you a little um, UK-based newspaper and a US-based newspaper, which are interesting because one of the things I realized is it's almost the same. In fact, it was exactly the same as you get when you're on a cruise ship. So it's obviously kind of a whole industry, but they did this piece. And every day the concierge um, would put together a, a one-pager, which had a couple of things about sightseeing and 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 um, and Barbados famous for. So I thought I'd just pull a couple of these from the things that they spoke about Barbados being famous for. And probably one of the most important things that they were famous for was rum shops. You know, there's about a thousand rum shops on Barbados, 1,000 in this tiny little space. And although they sell lots of different items, you know, uh, local rum is the main spirit um, and hence the name rum shop. 
rum shops. And every village in Barbados has three or four rum shops. And Barbadians will gather there to have a rum drink, play dominoes, discuss the issues of the day. So it's kind of like they're equivalent to sort of Starbucks, if you like. The rum, I wasn't not a big rum drink, a big rum fan before, but the rum in Barbados I really enjoyed. And the rum punch, which is um, you know a very popular cocktail, was, was really great. The other thing that Barbados is famous for is the Tuk Ban, T-U-K. And this is a very Barbadian thing. And Tuk Bans are comprised of a small trio of, of musicians. Well, they don't have to be small, I guess, a trio of musicians. And there's a tin flute, a snare drum, and a bass drum. And it's kind of a mixture of British military music, so the history of, of, of British military music with African rhythms. And it's a kind of a Creole sound. It's kind of dancing music. And it, you can't march it, although it's got very clear military um, origins in that. But even, you know, classical music and hymns are now played in Tuk style. But, it, you know, this was a very traditional music um, that was played at special events, bank holidays. But now it's become much more common. So you can see why it's unique to Barbados because of its very UK kind of history. The other thing that Barbados is famous for is flying fish, and we actually saw a couple of these, in, even quite close in. And um, Barbados is known as the land of the flying fish, and national dish is actually flying fish and cow cow, a C O U C O U. And the fish do fly; it's amazing. They can fly out of the water for up to thirteen seconds at a time, and it's a very tasty fish, and it's, it's eaten steamed or fried. And 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 it's you know pretty much every restaurant you go to has flying fish. The other thing, apparently in Barbados, it's a very good place to go if you want to live. To over a hundred years, there's a very high percentage of of, of um, uh, people living to hundred years. They claim about twenty people in, um, per year become uh, uh, over a hundred, which is not bad when you consider you've only got a population of two hundred and seventy odd thousand. And um, it, it's really seen because it's the quality of lifestyle. It's a very active lifestyle. It's a very healthy lifestyle, and so you know um, it's a good place to to grow up and be old in, which is quite good news because I think Barbados is a sort of great place that it would be to uh, to sort of uh, retire to, assuming that one uh, one can drum up enough money to buy that or a very expensive uh, property. So that's what Barbados is fam- famous for. So why don't we get into the tips for travellers, tips if you're visiting Barbados. Well, the first tip I've got if you're visiting Barbados is about getting there. Now, obviously, one of the ways to get there is, is to go on a cruise. Many cruises, particularly by UK-based or European-based uh, cruise agents, will start out of Barbados, and particularly the, the UK-based cruise companies start, start out of Barbados. Hence, I mentioned earlier, you get a lot of charter flights in and out of, of Barbados. So one way of getting to Barbados is obviously cruising there, I guess. Um, uh, particularly when ships are doing their relo- uh, relocation or repositioning cruises. Quite an interesting thought is, you know, you can jump on a ship in Southampton or somewhere else in Europe, take uh, 10 days or two weeks to cruise out to Barbados, stay there and, and fly back. So that's obviously, if you've got lots of time and probably a fair bit of money. But uh, repositioning cruises, of course, bear in mind, are generally tend to be much, much cheaper than the normal cruises. But mostly it's about flying there. It takes about about eight and a half hours to fly out of the UK. I've mentioned that things like British Airways, BMI, um, which flies out of Manchester actually, and Virgin fly. Most of them fly out of Gatwick if you're flying. Um, and now those of you who don't know um, airports in the UK, Gatwick is the one which is sort of in the in the south of London. It's a bit of a pain to get to really. So one of the things to do if you are flying to Barbados and you're connecting in from somewhere else is you know consider staying at Gatwick the night before because it's 
you know, the traffic is quite bad to get to Gatwick. So, for example, we stayed at uh, the Hilton, which is connected to the terminal, and there was some park and stay service where, including the price of your hotel, you drive up, they take away your car, bring it back um, to the to the terminal. So flying there takes about four and a half hours out of New York. There's, it takes a lot of time for people in the U.S. to get to Barbados, which is why I think probably it tends to be quite orientated towards the U.K. It almost takes you as long to get to from there. Um, although we did see Delta, American Airlines and United flying in and out there. The second time is to consider the time of year you go. The most popular time to visit Barbados really is that kind of Christmas through to Easter time, which actually theoretically is their winter, but it's pretty much warm all the year round. You know, it's between sort of 24 degrees Celsius, 32 degrees Celsius all year round. And the only difference is how much rain you get. So um, the winter time the sort of Christmas time is the very popular time to visit. Easter, when we went, was great. Um, but talking to people there, you know, even in their summer, it's fine to visit, although they get rain because it tends to rain sort of overnight in the evening, early morning. So you can pretty much visit all the year round. It's much, much cheaper to visit in their summer because people get scared away by the thought of, of rain. So that's a little tip. Prices are like half the price, etc. The third tip is to choose very carefully where you stay, but stay on the coast, you know, it's really about the sea, and so there's quite a few places sort of more inland, but I would strongly encourage you to stay um, on the coast. The West Coast has the best hotels, it's the most expensive, it's where most of the nice restaurants are. There's not many all-inclusive places on the West Coast, but there are a couple, um, like the Almond Club and Spa and a few other places like that. On the South Coast, it tends to be much younger. It's where St. Lawrence Gap is, and so there's much more nightlife. There's also much more family stuff, but it's where all the kind of, there's, you know, they have in St. Lawrence Gap much more clubs, much more kind of um, KFC or, or, or Chefette, which is their equivalent of McDonald's. There's piles of KFCs, um, Kentucky Fried Chickens, across the island, and there's about 12 or 14 apparently, and Chefette, which is their own local um, equivalent to McDonald's. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff happens on the South Coast. So if you've got families or you're much younger um, and you want more of a nightlife, that's the place to go. The West Coast is quite quiet, actually, because it tends to be a little bit older and there's not sort of as much nightlife as, as such, more other than restaurants. And the East Coast, it's a very quiet in the East Coast. So if you like lots of quiet, it's worth perhaps considering sort of hiring somewhere there. You've got the Crane, which is only major sort of hotel there, but it's very quiet if you're into walking and and, and all that kind of stuff. The fourth tip, as I've already mentioned, if you are worried about a budget, I would strongly encourage you to go all-inclusive. There's a lot of all-inclusive places. They tend to be more on the south coast because that's where the younger, more family people go by definition. So they tend to be more there. There's a lot of um, all-inclusive places there. But you do get up to the four-star, etc., all-inclusive on, on the west coast. And it's really worth considering, you know, eating out is pretty expensive. Um, so think about that. Now, um, in fact, my partner's um, father and partner had uh, stayed in an all-inclusive up on the West Coast, and it was great. You know, the food, the drink, everything was included. The other thing to consider, perhaps particularly if you're, with your, if you're there with a the family, is villa hire. There's lots and lots of property available um, from Glitter Bay, which is just on the West Coast, which um, looks very popular, Schooner Bay, and there's lots of different places, and you can find very easily online um, villa rental. Just go to Google or whatever and put villa rental in, and you'll find piles of places. Although even many of the airlines and their brochures include Villa Hire. I was just looking last night again at the Virgin brochure and they have a whole section on, on Villa Hire which they can do as kind of including airfares etc. If you're not inclusive really try and go and look at restaurants. There's many 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 amazing restaurants and I'm just going to mention a couple. The Cliff which is probably the the restaurant in Barbados which is literally on sort of on the side of a cliff and that really is very special very very popular. Incredibly good food 
um, relatively expensive, probably I think including drinks, etc. We paid um, the equivalent of about 300 and something Barbados in, in local Barbados. Now, what's interesting about Barbados is they paid to the US dollar. So two Barbados is equal to one US, one US dollar. So what's that, about 150 US dollars, <clears throat> something like that. The other place, which is um, a place called The Muse. Now, in Town, there's a place called um, Second Street, which is where there's a whole bunch of restaurants and bars, and The Muse is there. Um, and their sister restaurant, La Mer, which is at Port St. Charles, which is a whole new created complex, which has got a lagoon and where lots of um, wealthy people own property because they can drive their boats and yachts up to it. But La Mer and, and The Muse are owned by the same people and really, really nice food. Um, and again, a little bit cheaper than the cliff, but very nice. Oasis, which is sort of an Italian restaurant, which is on Hull Town, is, is great. Now, the Sandy Lane Hotel is, is probably the most famous of all the hotels and the most expensive. And it's really, really worth going to visit. You can go to visit there. You need to dress smartly, you know, um, try not to wear jeans or something. We did go one night for drinks and jeans and felt a little bit out of place. And we went for dinner in the restaurant there, which was actually probably one of the nicest restaurants although the cliff is kind of the one to go to the sandy lane restaurant was probably pretty much equivalent well, they had a great view but not quite as good and it's, it's called la cajou um l apostrophe a c a j o u and that was really really delicious and it's worth just visiting the sandy lane and if you like you'll see celebrities tides is another place which is near whole town which is incredibly popular more seafoody and daphne's which is the sister restaurant to um, Daphne's in London, which is a very famous restaurant and part of that group that own the Ivy, etc. But loads and loads of restaurants there, incredible food. And it's worth just asking the concierge or just people you meet, which are the ones to, to, to go to. We went to one restaurant, which I would strongly advise you never to go to, which is called um, Angry Annie's, which is just this sort of rib place on in, in the street parallel. It was just awful. But um, enough of that. Um, but it really is worth having a look at. The other thing I would encourage you to do is hire a car and explore. Hiring a car is incredibly cheap. Um, they don't seem to have the international car hire companies there. There's more kind of local companies. And we got this tiny little um, automatic Suzuki, something like that. I don't know. Tiny little thing which we could boot, um, scoot around. And it cost almost nothing. We got three days for the equivalent of about 100 pounds, about 150 US dollars. And so don't get stuck in in your resort. Now, particularly if you go all-inclusive, it's very easy to kind of end up kind of staying put in your resort. But just, um, you know, hire a car and tootle about. Now, taxis are relatively expensive. Um, and so we actually found that um, hiring a car was almost uh, as cost-efficient because we were going out most nights and things. So, um, you know, taxis, I think the minimum charge is about 12 locals, so about six US dollars. So you can end up spending quite a lot of money on taxis. But if you hire a car, it's it's a really good idea. And even you know, if you're heading on a cruise for a day, because Ireland's so small, I would encourage you to just hire a taxi and, and as hire a car and tootle around. Because you can go to the East Coast, along to the Crane, look at that beautiful scenery. You can have a swim in the, the sea there, explore the St. Lawrence Gap, have a wander around there. Lots of energy. Have a, you know, go up the West Coast, maybe pop into Sandy Lane. Um, just have a look at the beaches. They go out to Port St. Charles, which is really worth looking at. They've created this whole second port. So there used to only be two ports, you know, two two ports of entry into um, Barbados, which was obviously the airport um, and the main Bridgetown Harbour. Now Port St. Charles is created as the third place. So they have they have customs and stuff there, and it's a beautiful, beautiful place um, with all these sort of little apartments and and yachts and things. Really, really nice. Worth having a look at. So that's the sort of thing you do if you hire a car. 
The seventh tip is is do water sports. I mean, most of the places you stay, if you're staying in a hotel, will have all-inclusive water sports. So, for example, you know, things like kayaks, great for kayaking. You just have a, uh, you know, because the, there's beautiful reefs and, there's, and, and stuff, so you can kayak out, snorkeling. Now, swimming with the turtles is a very popular thing to do. So um, sometimes, depending on where you're staying, you can just sort of snorkel out to them or... Um, the advantage of the hotels is they'll you know take you along in the boat to where the turtles are. Now you can get right up close and swim with the turtles. Um, now the, the turtles have been are huge and they've been swimming with tourists for a long time. The problem is actually we were there reading about conservationists are trying to clamp down a bit on it because actually the turtles are are being attracted there every day by you know so the tourists can swim with them and they're getting a bit um, lazy and a little bit fat and actually are probably becoming more and more susceptible as they go on their migration to being attacked by whoever turtle predators are. But it's great swimming with the turtles, really good fun. Um, the other sort of things that you can do which tend to be included is um, skiing, uh, water skiing, which we didn't try this time because when, I, when Mauritius tried it, it was absolutely hopeless, but water skiing is normally included. Um, and there's things like glass-bottom boats are very popular because there's all these reefs and things. Um, catamaran sailing is quite popular. You see a lot of these catamarans which take you out for the day um, and you know, have punch and stuff to eat, and they take you sort of around parts of the island. That's very, very popular. And there's this thing which, if you're young and vibrant and like drinking a lot and partying, they have a thing called the party boat, which leaves from Bridgetown and is a couple of um, levels high and makes a hell of a lot of noise music wise, and people get very drunk and party, hence called the party boat. And you see that chugging up the, the west uh, coast. Um, up to probably about Port St. Charles and coming back during the day and they do a similar thing at night. So if you're a party animal, that's the sort of thing to do. Um, the other thing I would strongly encourage you to do is to go to polo, go to a polo match. We were actually invited very kindly by the hotel to go to a match they were sponsoring. I'd never been to polo and it really was an amazing thing to go and do. Now in Barbados, they have four polo grounds apparently with uh, Lion Gate, which is the one that's on the top of the hill, probably had the most spectacular views and that's really worth going to. Unfortunately, they're going to be building all houses and stuff around it as developments so that might block the view but really go to polo match it's um, particularly if you go in the season as it were it's all the all the polo teams seem to be full of sir this and sir that and lady this and whatnot it's all very upmarket um, and rah 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 and posh and stuff but it's really good fun and uh, we had a great time at the polo match and i didn't never seen polo before and it was really good fun the other thing to do of course is golf there is so many golf courses in barbados i mean the sand lane itself has two new ones and one of its original ones but there's just golf courses galore so um, golf seems to be the the other thing to do um now there are many many other um bits and pieces that you can do um in terms of sightseeing and stuff and there's there's a number of kind of all the hotels have things like the barbados holiday guide which is packed full of all sorts of uh, tours and things that you can do and of course most of the um, hotels offer various tours day tours and things jeep safaris um, things that take you um, on the atlantis submarine which dives down to 100 feet and um, you go for, for an hour or two um, you know underneath the sea um, helicopter rides um, all that kind of stuff and right in, down in uh in St. Lawrence Gap, they also do outings, whether you have, you know, dancing on the beach and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to have party stuff, there's party stuff to do, although it's not a big party island. So just to recap the tips, getting there, um, it's very easy to get out of the UK. 
it, it takes quite a while getting out of the US because um, other than directly from New York and a few other places, not a lot of direct flights. So it's quite a long trip to get there, which is probably why it tends to be more UK. Time of year, consider visiting the sort of their summertime because you'll find it half the price. Um, stay on the West Coast if you're looking for good swimming. Um, south coast if you're younger and want more um, life and the east coast really if you want a bit of wildness if you're worried about the budget goal inclusive or look at villa higher there's a lot of great restaurants um and the cliff is the kind of ultimate one to go to but harakar get out of your resort and just tootle around and and it's pretty in, inexpensive so it's a thing to do do a lot of water sports even if you're not a water sport person because a lot of that will come included and very sea-based there's not a lot of kind of a lot of other tourist stuff to do go to a polo match if you can it really is a lot of good 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 fun and good day out and there's lots to do with with golf a couple of other things that i didn't go and see which are also listed is um, sam lord's castle is a thing to do which is a georgian mansion built in 1820 by supposedly somebody who used to plunder um, ships. That apparently is worth doing. That's a little bit further up from the crane. Um, and there's a couple of things like sugar museums and, and that kind of stuff. But um, hopefully that's enough tips to keep you busy in Barbados. Loved it and can't wait to go back. You've been listening to Tips for Travellers, the global travel destination podcast with Gary Bembridge. To find out more, visit the Tips for Travellers website at tipsfortravellers.com. That's all one word and spelt the UK way with two L's. That's tipsfortravellers.com or mytravelreviews.com. There you'll find contact details, links and much, much more. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, search on iTunes or Yahoo Podcasts for Tips for Travellers.